Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. for creating and performing our music. Good evening and welcome to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live. We're your hosts, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne. Thank you for joining us. Uh, With Halloween looming on the horizon, we thought that first we'd tell you a little bit about our latest sell. Uh, Tamara's Halloween classic, Moonfall, is only 99 cents in ebook from October 19th through the 26th. Uh, As a side note, Moonfall is the novel that introduced me to the work of Tamara Thorne and made me into a fan. Uh, That said, here she is, Tamara herself, to tell you a little more about Moonfall. (laughs) I'm blushing. Uh, Okay. (laughs) It's, It's Halloween in the picturesque mountain village of Moonfall, and business is brisk in the local antique stores, orchards, cider mills, and pie shops. And at Apple Heaven, a bakery run by the dedicated nuns of St. Gertrude's, business is positively booming. They say the mince pies are to die for. In Moonfall, you'll find more than ghosts and goblins. You'll meet the naughty, nay, evil, order of nuns who bake questionable pies and their resident physician, Dr. Dashwood, who terrifies young girls and titillates the sisterhood. As, (laughs) As the death count rises and orphans go missing, uh, Sarah Hawthorne, a young school teacher raised at the orphanage, returns to the dark stone halls of St. Gertrude's to confront the horrors that tore her best friend from her so many years ago. Unknowingly, Sarah releases unholy forces that threaten her life and the lives of those she loves. When the headless horseman rides at the town's Halloween haunt, the bloody sacrifices begin. Sarah and her friends, a sheriff, a witch, and a priest, must risk their lives to put a stop to the centuries-old evil that curses Moonfall. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. All right, <laughs> and again, uh, that will be available in ebook for 99 cents from October 19th through the 26th. It's a great Halloween read, um, so yeah, go check it out. All right, uh, again, this is Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. You can learn more about what we do at our websites, alistaircross.com and tamarthorn.com, or you can visit our mutual blog at thornandcross.wordpress.com. If you tweet, our handles are at crossalister and at tamarthorn. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I need to add this to the repertoire. Uh, <laughs> at official underscore Alistair Cross, I believe. If not, it's something like that, and I'll fix it later. Anyway, <laughs> remind me to add that in. Okay. You can – you can. Uh, there's also a Thorning Cross page, and I have no idea what that is. So, okay. But anyway, uh, <laughs> just look for us on Instagram. Uh, also, you can yeah. visit our Haunted Nights Live page on Facebook. Uh, for more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at authorsontheair.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air, Global Radio Network, LLC. All right, tonight's guest, we love having this guy on. Uh, D.P. Lyle, mm-hmm. M.D., is the number one best-selling multi-award winning author of the Samantha Cody, Dub Walker, Jake Longley, and new Kane Harper thriller series, uh, he's, uh, as well as the Royal Pains Media tie-in novels. 
Uh, Doug has worked with many novelists as well as the writers of such popular television shows as Law and Order, CSI Miami, Diagnosis Murder, Monk, Judging Amy, Peacemakers, Cold Case, House, Medium, Women's Murder Club, 1-800-MISSING, The Glades, and Pretty Little Liars. Uh, Doug also hosts the podcast Criminal Mischief, the art and science of crime fiction, which covers all the bases of crime, forensics, and all other manner of dark, disturbing things. His latest Mm -hmm. book, Skin in the Game, was released on October 8th, and is book one in the new Kane Harper thriller series. We are looking forward to checking that out. So welcome to the show, Doug. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me, as always. Oh, you huh, we just love your voice. We can't resist you. <laughs> <laughs> we do. I we love do. yours, you too. You have a fantastic so you radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. So tell us about this new series. Uh, tell us about the first book in it. Yeah, uh, Skin in the Game. This is a book that's been in my head for a long time, and I've wanted to write it, but just never really felt right until uh, these two characters kind of came along. And uh, it's Bobby Kane and Harper McCoy, and uh, they have a a very strange background in that uh, Bobby was abandoned at two months old in a uh, bus station in uh, Houston, Texas, and was scooped up by this gypsy-like family, not true gypsies, but they lived that way, basically criminals that moved around. And Harper, around the same time, who was a year older, was purchased from her half-Cherokee alcoholic mother for 100 bucks and three bottles of whiskey. And so the family took this pair in, and they were raised basically as brother and sister. Um, And Bobby became an expert with knives, became known as Bobby Blade because he could throw knives and do stuff. Harper was usually the target holding all the stuff. (laughs) But Harper was a con artist. She could cry on demand. She could talk anybody into anything, and she could pick your pocket while, while looking you in the face. And Bobby could get in and out of anywhere he was long and lean and could break into houses and steal stuff so they basically had a criminal childhood upbringing until uh, at age 13 and 12 respectively the family was taken down by the fbi they were sent to orphanages and then they were adopted by separate families and they got separated for 15 years during that time bobby became a special ops guy for the military uh, basically uh, an assassin that could get in and out of buildings and kill people with knives and get away without anybody knowing uh, all over the Mideast. And Harper went to the Navy PSYOPs and ended up with the CIA running black ops, and they ended up running into each other on the other side of the world, as they say, and again, and then they left the military and became fixers. They fix what needs to be mm-hmm. fixed by whatever means are necessary. By whoever hires them, or yeah, and then scanning the game, they're hired by an ex, uh, um, a retired uh, Air Force general whose granddaughter uh, has gone missing from Vanderbilt University, and uh, the story was she went off on a trip with some guy. That that wasn't the truth, and so uh, Kane and Harper are brought in to try to track her down and find out what really is going on. And it leads them to a small town in central Tennessee off Tim's Ford Lake, a little town I made up. But uh, let's just say things get completely insane. And it's a pretty dark story. (laughs) That sounds great. Mm -hmm. Dark we like. (laughs) Yes, I know you do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Do. Oh, I was... 
the names, your character names. You're very good with character names. I was just wondering, how do you come up with them, or do they come upon you? Uh, a little bit of both, but I, I tell you, many, many years ago uh, at the old defunct Maui Writers Conference, I had the, the, the great opportunity to sit down and talk with Elmore Leonard uh, on two separate occasions, just one-on-one, and we mm. just sat and talked for like 45 minutes about writing and storytelling and just stuff. And what a, what a gracious, wonderful gentleman and, and one of the uh. great, truly great writers. But I asked him, I said, you know, all your, all your characters are like scumbags. I mean, you know, they're all awful people, <laughs> but, but we love them, and we fall in love with all your characters. And, uh, you know, they're really goofy, but yet, you know, great stories and great characters. And I said, uh, I said, how do you come up with these characters? I said, do you do like character sketches and stuff like that? He said, nah. He said, I'll spend some time with them in my head, you know, maybe a few weeks or a few months. He said, but once I've got the name, I know who they are. And the brilliance Mm -hmm. of that was unbelievable to me because it meant that he lived with these people long enough that he knew who they had to be. You know, uh, Chili Palmer is not a neurosurgeon. Chili Palmer is a loan shark. But but it's because he lived with these characters, he knew who they were, and then their name became uh-huh. obvious. And I try to do that as much as possible. Names right. are important, very uh-huh. important. They are. Oh yeah. They are. Well, I think we've all we've all you know, you, you know, as writers, you, you can. It's amazing how you can sit there and be stuck, and yep. you know, I can't quite get this 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 character to move. I can't and. An amazing thing will happen. You can, you can get the name right, and all of a sudden go, eh, you know that that's her name instead of this, and it yeah. just comes to life. It's the strangest thing, but it it actually it really is. Yeah, it is important. Oh, oh. Names are important. exactly, and and you know I've written stories, and then I go back and do the do the the first rewrite, so to say, because I write fast from beginning to end, and then go back and edit, and so you start reading back through it, and about halfway through. Martha comes up. I said, who the hell is Martha? Well, Martha was Ashley, right. but Ashley didn't fit. And halfway through the story, mm-hmm. she became Martha, you know, because it was it was, it was was her name. And I, I've right. done that more yeah. than once, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, we've had that happen a few times. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it yeah. when they just pop in your head. Do you ever get a name before you know anything about the character? That's my favorite. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I do. Uh, with Jake Longley, I, I had his name. I, I, I loved that name, and I knew I was going to use that. And I kind of had a vague idea of who Jake was going to be, an ex-professional baseball player and kind of a goofball and, you know, basically oh, yeah. just a, a a guy with not a lot of ambition. He just ran a bar or restaurant. And, 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 and so I kind of knew all that. Uh, but when I mm-hmm. wrote the first Jake book uh, called Deep Six, I really had one scene in mind. And I just sat down and said, let's just start writing and see where this goes. And I wrote that scene, the next scene, the next scene. And over the period of of getting the first 30,000 words of the story told, I knew who Jake was. I knew everything about him I needed to know because I lived with him for a while. And so I had a vague idea, but I didn't really have a feel for it. That came. You know, it came with living with him. Yeah. 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 So great. It is. You said that you write the first draft really fast and then kind of go through and do uh, rewrites. Uh, like, So, for example, how fast do you usually go through the first draft? Uh, you know, it may take three or four months, uh, actually. But, uh, it, I, I, you know, Hemingway famously said, uh, write drunk, edit sober. 
And uh, yeah. and and I think what, what he meant, and, you know, and then there was a character in, in uh, Get Shorty that said, you know, just just write the story the way it's supposed to be told and give it to somebody else to put in the commas and shit. Well, I think yeah. there's some truth to that. I think if you spend too oh, yeah. much time polishing the first ten scenes, by the time you get to scene 50, you know, three-quarters of the way through the book, you realize – when you go back, they wouldn't have said that. They wouldn't think that way. They wouldn't do that. Right. They, 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 this is not their reaction because you didn't yeah. know them yet. So why polish it all? Just write right. the story. You know, you can edit crap, but you can't edit a blank page. Get it out there. Yep. And usually the, my the first one... draft is in the 60, 65,000 word range. And then uh, and uh-huh. because now right. I know more about the story and about the characters. Yeah. Right. We we follow that except yeah. we will stop and fix things when we realize we have a plot thread. We go back and fix it at least lightly because we know we may forget it otherwise. I, I will do but that. That's, that's if something happens yeah. and I say, okay, that's not going to work. It's got to go this way. I'll go back and fix that part, but I will not yeah. make the writing pretty. I'm not worried about that. Right. Wow. Whose fun was that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Are we all here? Are you still there? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Doug? I think we lost him. He knows to call back. Yeah. Oh, well. He, yeah, okay. Wow. But, yeah, so this is this is interesting because you, you, Tamara, said that we that we do that when he comes back. As long as we get him back, I want to ask him about plotting because we were just talking about that, how um, I need to do more plotting before <laughs> <laughs> we both do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I wonder if yeah, I wonder if he does. So, yeah. So, Tamara, since uh it's just you and me for right now, um what kind of plotting <laughs> do you do? <laughs> like on your I do uh, it with you mostly. Um I know. Well, tell, um, tell me. I'm trying to go into the studio so we can both <laughs> watch for him to come back. I'm watching. I and my favorite editor once told me and I'd been selling for a long time, so I didn't have to give him much of a plot. He said, just give me three sentences, a, mi- a beginning, a middle, and an end. And to this day, I kind of follow that. And um, right. it, I consider plotting a roadmap. And you know all, all that right. stuff. In fact, you I could do. say he's back. All right. Well, hey, you know what? Doug's here, so here we go. Yes. All right. Are you back? Yeah, I don't know what that was about. <laughs> no, that sounded nasty. Heard, we just heard a, we heard a crazy yeah. noise, and and then it went, yeah. and then it, it, you were just kind of gone. But that's okay. We were talking yeah. about plotting. Um, we 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 talked about how because, so, it sounds to me like you you kind of just you sit down and you really just just pound it out, and then you 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 know you go back and fix it. So, what kind of plotting do you do then beforehand? Is it is it do you just kind of sit down and see what happens, or do you? How does that work out for you? Yeah, more of the latter. I mean, I I used to outline uh, mainly because I was scared to death to write all those words and not know where I was going. But uh, later on, with the Jake books and with the Royal Pains books, I decided let's just write it and see where it goes. I have kind of a general idea. I have three or four or five or six things I want to happen in the story. Maybe mm-hmm. they're not written in stone. But I just go with it, and then one thing leads to the next thing, leads to the next thing, and it turns out that as you roll along, the plot starts developing itself. Um, right. 
you, yeah. you kind of know the good guys are going to win and the bad guys are going to lose. I mean, that's kind of, you know, the way you tell a story. But uh, you don't really know. Like when I started the first Jake book, I didn't even know who the bad guys was or were. I knew people right. were going to die. I didn't know who was going to die. And I didn't know how yeah. they were going to catch them. I didn't know how it was going to resolve. But I kind of had a vague feeling that, you know, there's going to be this person and this thing going on. Just go with it and see. And as as I wrote mm-hmm. chapter after chapter, it, it just started evol- evolving. And now you have to go back and move things around some, but not that often, really. It, it right. just kind of unfolds. Wow. Yep. I use Scrivener to write, which is the greatest writing program ever created because it really keeps you organized. So it's very easy to move around with that program inside the story, to jump from Uh, scene to scene, back and forth and back and forth, because it's right in front of you. You just click and you're there, and you can move you know, from Chapter 22 to Chapter 12, back up to Chapter 30, bang, 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 just like that, without scrolling, without hunting, without any of that stuff. And uh, if people don't use Scrivener, the writers out there, it's 40 bucks, man. It's the greatest investment you'll ever do, and uh, it just makes writing seamless. It makes it, it makes the logistics yeah. of it dirt simple. Oh, nice! I had yeah, it for yeah. our yeah for our uh, short books that we put up in the ebook form, our Ravenquest, mm-hmm. and yep. it kept. Uh, but I I didn't really write in it because we write in Google Docs together, right? And then I downloaded it into Word, but um, it it had trouble with. It would mess up the Amazon preview, so you'd have all kinds of weird fonts. So I use Vellum for that now, but that doesn't, sure. that isn't oh, a word yeah. processor. No. And I, I know people love Scrivener for word yeah, processing. Yeah. I love it, absolutely. Yeah, I've heard really, really good yeah. things about it. Yeah. Apparently it's it's great for writing in, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. so uh your your um okay, so we have to we have to of course ask you about your podcast. This is um, a very, very mm-hmm. fascinating thing that you're doing here. It's a little bit different than than what most people seem to do in the network that we're in anyway, in that um, you you don't have guests. You just you tell us what you do. Well, uh, I, I call it uh, criminal mischief, the art and science of crime fiction, you know, and I've taught writing a lot, and obviously I've been a medical and forensic consultant a lot, and I've written books on both. Uh, obviously I've written novels, lots of series, and I've written a lot of nonfiction books, questions and answers and forensics for dummies and stuff like that. But I kind of know after all these years, especially running Craft Fest for, uh, for ITW for 14 years, I know what writers want to know, and I know what they need to know, and I know what I needed to know when I was beginning and all that and what I still need to know. Um, so I will just talk about what I want to talk about on this, and it may be a question that I've been asked about, you know, I have this situation, da 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 and then that launches into a discussion of, of some aspect of forensic science, or it may be something I did one on point of view. Uh, the first one I did is on uh, methods of murder. How, right. do, uh, how, how do people kill people? What kind of things do they do? And, yeah. and then why do they do it? You know, and what, are, what are the motivations for, for murder? Because you know everybody can kill somebody. Uh, given the right circumstances, everybody's got it in them, and it's not always just self-defense. <laughs> but there's right, something right. that will push a button that will push people over an edge. It's just part of human nature, I think. So right. what are the things that make people uh, commit these crimes? Because that's what we write about. Right, At the exactly. end of the day, so you the, would, the fascinating so you part would. of the, the story, most stories is not the how, it's the why. Exactly. I totally agree. So, so you would actually say that – 
everyone is capable of murder. Oh, sure. Cold-blooded. I, I, given the right circumstances, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've always thought uh, so. It's just yeah. that you get pushed into a corner by something. Maybe it's self-image. Maybe it's some event that has happened. Maybe it's uh, everything's going down the toilet and you got nothing left to lose. People get pushed into corners, and pressure makes people make stupid decisions. You know, and if you go back to all the great For cases, sure. you know, Scott Peterson and all that, you know, he didn't know how to get a divorce. He didn't want to be a father. He didn't want to be married anymore. So what did he do? He killed right. his eight and a half. That seemed like the right answer to him. I don't know why because yeah. I don't know Scott, and I don't know what makes him tick. But I do know that it was this pressure, this ticking clock of a baby being born, that would tie him down for life. And he didn't see him. his self-image didn't allow that. So he created a solution. Yeah. But that's that's great fodder for storytelling, and and it's true oh, yeah, crime. It's yeah. what happens. Yeah, and I love I love true crime. It's uh, it, because it, and I agree with you one hundred percent. It's 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 yeah it's the why. That's the most fascinating thing to me is the why because it's different for everybody, and I think we all have. Like I said, I I agree with you. I think we all have. We're all capable of it. It's just um, oh, what yeah. may push you over the edge might. You know, I can look at, you know, say the Scott Peterson case and say, well, just get a divorce, you dumbass. Exactly. That's that's his (laughs) psychology, not mine. You know what I mean? Exactly. But he got pushed to his breaking point and and made a stupid decision. Um, And he's where he needs to be, you know. He's in San Quentin. That's where he needs to be because he made a stupid decision. Uh, But given the right set of circumstances, uh, virtually everybody could come to that point, and that's what's scary. I mean, it is scary, but yeah. that's life. That's life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. people get angry and run over people with cars, and you know, stab people and <laughs> shoot people, and they just, they just, they're just furious. But if you talk to them twenty minutes later, they're like, I can't believe I did that. Well, you did. Yeah. And something <laughs> drove yeah. you to that. Yeah. Happens totally. all the time. <laughs> Right. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So this is a um, a great great podcast. And you know, as a matter of fact, the next mm-hmm. time we have you on, I'd love to pick a topic like because we love having you on, and and we we've had you on a lot, and and I hope that we can continue that because you're you're great. We love talking to you. And right. you know, maybe next time we could do like a you know pick like a topic like that, like uh, you yeah. Know, the, the well, the next one I'm going to do, which will be out, which will be put up next Tuesday, is on evidence. You know, what, nice. what is evidence and how is it used and, and, and what does it really tell you and, and, and evidence in general? Because how do you think about evidence? And then I got a three-parter I'm going to do down the road on toxicology where I, it's a long mm. subject, a huge subject, but I want to talk about forensic ah. toxicology and break it all down and hopefully in understandable forms that crime writers and crime readers can understand and say, oh, okay, now I understand how this works. As horror writers need you too, you've actually helped me with my upcoming solo, and I have to listen to your podcasts all the time because <laughs> I, I have a sheriff as a as a protagonist, and it's very necessary. Yeah. <laughs> and I yes. love it you is, for it. it. Is. You don't you don't realize how much you don't know until you think, oh, it'll be fun to make. I have in the in the Crimson Cove series, I have a sheriff and a mortician. <laughs> there are a yeah. couple. Yeah. And. You don't realize how much you don't know until you decide, make a decision like that, and then go, uh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing after another. You know. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so where where can people find your podcast? Well, uh, the the best way is to go to my uh, website, which is uh, dplylmd.com. And if you go there, you can get to the podcast. You can get to the old radio show that the Jan Burke and I used to do. You can get to my blog. You can learn about all my books and all that stuff, but in my schedule, where I'm going to be, what I'm doing, um, and all that. If you go to the you go to the website, everything links through that. And uh, uh, in the podcast series, it's there with all the shows and all the show notes. I always put show notes up, so it kind of explains in writing what we're doing and and, and links for further study. And you can sit there and listen to them right on right on the website, so to speak. Uh, and and um, and. Um, um, so it makes it convenient for people to get to it mm-hmm. and listen to the things. Yeah. You are right. so well, organized. You are organized. inspiration. You yeah. are. <laughs> so before yeah. we let you go, though, could you? Uh, why don't you tell us what you're working on now? Where, uh, as far as uh, your next, your next book, your next, uh, you know. Uh, project well, I have uh, the next, the next Jake book uh, called Rigged is coming out in May. And then I just finished uh, the next Kane Harper book, the one that came out a week ago or two weeks ago, and it'll be out next October. Uh, it's called uh, Prior Bad Acts. And then I'm working on the now I'm, I've jumped over and I'm working on the next Jake book, which will be for a year from May. Uh, and it's called The OC because they're going to come to Orange County, California, and get in trouble. So. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. So I always try to stay a year ahead. Right. <laughs> oh, you're so good. I'm putting you in the calendar again. Uh, but it's interesting because I have these two right. series, and, and the Kane Harper series is dark, and the Jake Longley series is comedic. And so every six months I try to finish a book in, in those of one or the other. And I like going backwards and forth. I like the fact that one of them is a dark, more traditional thriller, and the other is more mm-hmm. comedic. And it kind of. It keeps you from getting bored and keeps you interested. I find that, you know, while I'm writing one, I'm thinking about yeah. the next one, you know. Right. <laughs> and it's a different oh, character, yeah. different thing, you know. Yeah. That's exactly. great. Well, that's the way to do it, you know. We, we, we bounce around, too, and it's it definitely yep. is a big part of what, you know, when people talk about, oh, I've been working on this book for three years. I'm like, I couldn't. Right. No way. No way. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah. yeah. He gets bored every five minutes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta move exactly. on. <laughs> exactly. Keep it fun. Makes me tense. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, you, as yeah. always, have been a delight, and as always, are welcome mm-hmm. back. And of course, we'll be in touch, and we will have you back. And uh, uh, anytime, we appreciate you, know you that. being on, and we also appreciate, you know, the help that you have given us and the answers that you, yeah. you know, the the question, yeah, the, the Enjoy doing it. So. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So it. you know what we'll. Yeah, we'll be in touch. Thank you for being yep. on. All right. All right. Yes. All right. And to everyone listening, this is Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. Until next week, we wish you haunted nights. And sweet screams. Thank you for listening.
Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. 